Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Malbehaved Racing Experience, episode number 10. Got uh, an exciting episode today. We're going to talk about the Sonoma Moto America round. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of the different racers that I met. Rocco Landers, uh, hung out with him again at uh, Sonoma. Uh, some time I spent with Josh Hayes, Kyle Wyman. Uh, some track walk, the Ducati experience that we had out there. And then finally, uh, I traded in my five-mile day with FTD and ended up doing the R-World um, Sonoma Yamaha only day. But uh, before we get into all that, I've got some major news uh, with, from the uh, racing front and sponsorship front. Today, I uh, landed my first monetary paying sponsorship in my racing career. Uh, up to this date, I mean, I know I did a whole episode on what sponsorship is and what it isn't. Um, this is the first sponsorship where um, I gave them. I came in with a nice little uh, sponsorship proposal, showed them what uh, what I was doing, how I was doing within the racing, how everything was gumming, how everything was shaping up, how I looked like a professional racer and was, was actually kind of getting there. And uh, they, they took the proposal. They looked at it. They uh, evaluated it, invited me back a couple days later to sit and talk about it. And uh, they offered me a... Uh, half year cash sponsorship so uh this episode and the rest of my race season is brought to you by hammer and nails grooming for men um so what is hammer and nails uh hammer and nails is a uh, it's a grooming club it's a great place to go and get an, an a conventional barber experience where you can get a shave a hot shave uh, as well as a really good haircut uh they also do manicures and pedicures and it is it's it's really a place where uh they make the average guy feel like a king feel uh pampered and and taken care of it's super relaxing um, they'll serve you a nice uh, frosty beer or a uh, a uh, cocktail of your of your choice whatever they have they have a couple different uh, options you can do something like grooming club i've actually been in their grooming club for quite some time being uh, military and wearing a military uniform i have to cut my hair on a fairly routine basis and stay uh, you know with the, the clean tidy look and i found this i've always had a hard time finding a good barber um kind of picky about my hair you know i like my hair i like it to look a certain way i like it to be cut a certain way I went to the same girl for a long, long, long time. She decided she that her having a family is going to be a priority over uh, my haircuts. So um, off she went. And it took me a good long time to find somebody. Finally, uh, I, I found this this uh, this. It's not really a salon, but it's a uh, it's a, a grooming location for men. And uh, I walked in there, and I, I got a I got an okay haircut the first time from the lady that cut my hair the first time. I went in a couple weeks later to get it redone, and uh, I got uh, my current barber, Elvi, uh, who is amazing. Um, uh, she has been through a couple years with me now, cutting my hair. She's gone through a couple different iterations of how I like it cut, how I like it worn, my summertime hair where I grow it super long, uh, the beard, keeping the beard nice and trim and clean. Um, and then, like today, I went in today. And it was uh, back to military standards and a uh, nice straight razor shave and uh, exfoliating face scrub and manicure pedicure. And it was a, it's a great relaxing place for a guy to go and feel like a guy and yet still look good when they come out. So I really wanted to thank uh, Connie and, and uh, the, the crew at Hammer and Nails for offering up the support for, uh, for me, a uh, club novice racer who is uh, trying to make a, a run at this. So thank you very much for Hammer and Nails. Uh, they're going to be uh, featured on my uh, new race suit that uh, I've just uh, had fitted. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I decided after much uh, deliberation, sizing, fitting, and whatnot, I decided to go with Y2 wheels. I met Leon out at uh, the uh, Moto America race and uh, have decided that uh, 
you can't I can't beat the, the quality for the Y2 uh, leathers uh, in the the material you know his costs he, he isn't trying to run a super uh, expensive leathers he's trying to keep himself right in the in the market he knows how much he's paying for his leathers he knows how much they cost him and he's trying to pass on some good prices and good savings to his his clients so if you uh, are in the market for leathers you can contact Leon at uh, LEA I'm sorry L-E-O-N at Y, capital Y, two wheels.com. That's his email address, and I can get in contact with him. He's uh, based out of uh, Rancho Cordova, California, and uh, he does cowhide and uh, as well as the kangaroo hide leathers. And so right now we're going back and forth with design uh, through him, and uh, we're getting the Hammer Nails logo added to the race suit, and I hope, hope, hope. Uh, actually, I probably won't be ready for uh, the next round at uh, AFM, but it'll be uh, ready for probably round six at AFM. So those are my two big sponsors. I, uh, I really want to thank uh, really Connie and, and the crew at Hammer Nails for uh, coming through for the sponsorship. It's going to make the rest of the season uh, financially uh, viable so that I can keep uh, doing what I'm doing and, and, and talking about the experience. So thank you very much, and uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a pleasure to represent Hammer Nails as I go forward, and I can't wait to do it in my new Y2 wheels leathers. All right. I said that I was going to talk about uh, spending some time with uh, Rocco Landers. Um, man, that kid is on fire. Um, at Sonoma, you know, I had uh, took my uh, my 11-year-old son out there. I, I think I talked about uh, Rocco and Hayden uh, really hitting it off at uh, the last AFM round. And it was really cool because, you know, you walk up to uh, a racer's garage, especially a privateer, somebody who's working really hard. He's only, you know, he's only 14. He's in Liquid Molly Junior Cup. His dad is wrenching and crew chiefing and building him phenomenal bikes. And then he gets out on the track and you forget that he's a 14-year-old watching the way he rides. He's so poised and so in control. And uh, he had to race for... He had to race for his his positions, and he had to race for his podiums, but he won two races, and it was uh, it was it was really neat to see how that 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 came out. Um, I was listening to another podcast today, uh, the uh, Greg's Garage podcast, and uh, they mentioned Rocco multiple times and how well he's doing with. Uh, and then they talked about the rest of the class with uh, Dallas Daniels leaving and going to America Flat Track for the Sacramento Mile, and now coming back for a different ride uh, going into Pit uh, Pit Raceway, um, and just kind of how how the points and everything are, are falling out with, uh, in, in falling into place with liquid Molly. But one of the things that I was kind of disappointed that they didn't talk about was, uh, some of the disqualifications that happened at Sonoma round. There were, uh, a series of bikes that uh, didn't pass post-race, uh, tech, um, in the liquid Molly class in, in Moto America, the Kawasaki 400 is required to run a restrictor plate to make sure that it, it is equally matched with the Yamaha R3s and the CBR 500R from Honda that races in that class. And uh, there were a couple of racers that uh, in post-race tech didn't have the required restrictor plates on. And I was kind of disappointed that, uh, that Jason Pridmore and uh, Greg White didn't, didn't really cover that and go over those disqualifications, those post-tech uh, or the post-race tech disqualifications. It's kind of a big deal. You know, I, there's, there's not a lot of excuse for cheating in racing. I've heard the phrase, well, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Well, I don't really abide by that. I would rather race by the rules, play by the rules, do the best I can, work the best I can, have the best machine under me, and be within the scope of the rules in order to make sure that that I was doing it fair and that my points and my positions and my my stuff was not stripped when uh, your bike goes in for post-race tech. 
Uh, I'm not going to name the racers. If you really want to find them, you can check uh, roadracingworld.com. They had uh, an article that included the disqualifications. Uh, I'm not really going to throw them out by name because uh, they know who they are and what they did wrong. But it's kind of a black eye for, uh, especially when you're talking junior cup racing, you know, the, the, the kids. These, most of these are kids. This is a 14 to 25-year-old group, all of them racing 300s, 400s, a couple of 500s with the, uh, the Honda guys. But uh, if you have to cheat to be competitive, uh, maybe you need to try and find something else. Just a, just a thought from uh, the malbehaved racing, you know, garage and cave here. Uh, cheaters, uh, yeah, I believe in karma. You'll get what you what, what's coming out of you. Speaking of karma, and sometimes unwanted karma, um, the the racing at uh, the special. Specifically, uh, Superbike Race 1 on Saturday at Sonoma was, uh, man, it was an attrition fest. There was crashes, and and uh, we actually had more D- uh, DNFs in that race than there were uh, people that actually finished the race. It was kind of tough because you were watching, uh, you know, a local boy, Cameron Bobier, who is uh, fantastic at Sonoma. He's, he's raced there a lot. He's ridden there a lot. It's kind of his home track, him being from Roseville and Lincoln, California, up uh, in my neck of the woods. And it was kind of sad to see him go down so early in the race, you know. And it was just one of those where it wasn't a it wasn't a, a crash where you thought, "Wow, you know, I'm right at the edge. I need to try and push this and stuff this hole and see how it goes." No, he you know he looked comfortable. He looked like he knew where it was supposed to be, and the bike just uh, gave up where it was you know, its grip, which is kind of uh, indicative of how. Sonoma's looking right now. Uh, I did a couple of track walks. I did a track walk with uh, Josh Hayes. I did a track walk with uh, Kyle Wyman, and I did a track walk with Rocco Landers. Just kind of looking at the different levels of perspectives from each of these, you know, extremely seasoned guys to brand new guys to see what they're looking for, um, and then obviously the Ducati guy to see how everything's going. And I also rode my bicycle around the track five or six different times, just trying to get a feel for it. And the thing that that I really came away with on uh, the track there at Sonoma is that the surface is terrible. Um, there are huge cracks that are going with the direction of the bikes. There are some cracks that that, that they joke that uh, it'll swallow a, a Ninja 400 or a, a an R3, and and if you you know enough people get sucked into that hole, then it'll it'll clean it up. The traction is uh, is not necessarily always there. Um, we watched a couple of big crashes. Uh, Smoltz on the, the super bike. He got up on the curbing and it, his bike just kicked him off real hard. Um, the curbing is super rough, super tall, and not necessarily uh, where you want it to, to be as far as grip. So that was my takeaway from, from walking that track, cycling that track, is that it, it is, it's not in great condition. It's a really, really technical track. Um, I've only ever ridden there one time, and so it was kind of interesting to to get some some walking time and some pedaling time around the track and knowing that i was only going to get one practice day going into afm which is going to be the pre-afm friday on the august 30th and so i was like all right i need to figure out what i can do to to get some time out here on this track so as the weekend was progressing um i'd run into josh here there and uh, we were talking he's like hey you know uh, we got the r world day which i had looked at but it was also the same day as fun track days uh, five mile day at thunder hill which is one of my favorite days of the entire year and so i was going back and forth and back and forth so uh i shot augie uh over at fun track days a message and said hey you know i got invited to ride the r world day with uh with josh on monday would you be super upset if i if i didn't show up for the the five mile out at uh, thunder hill He's like, dude, you got a chance to ride with Josh Hayes? Do it. He goes, I'm not mad. I don't, I, whatever. We'll, we'll make sure that it works in the five mile. I'm like, you sure? Because I don't want you to be pissed. You know, I, I don't want to feel like I'm letting you down. You know, I'm pretty new to your, to your pay, you know, payroll, so to speak, to your crew. 
And I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to make sure we're all good. He's like, no, if you can ride with Josh, ride with Josh. So uh, I got registered, and I was, I was going through the checkout process. I'd already had the day and loaded in my cart, and when I hit submit, it came back as, sorry, this event is sold out. And I was like, damn it, after all that, the event's sold out. Sorry, I drank a little bit of drink of water there. Um, so uh, I emailed the, the uh, David over with uh, Z2 Zoom Zoom. Said, hey, I was just trying to register, and I think that it just sold out. And he, he scolded me a little bit in email. He's like, hey, yeah, you know, you got to sign up for these things way ahead of time. Um, but let me see if I can open you up a spot. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I got invited to ride. I'm really looking forward to doing it. So he, uh, he was able to squeeze in. He had one cancellation. He was able to squeeze me in a spot. And I'm super, super grateful that he did because – after all the racing and watching the guys go around the track, uh, my son and I were camped up on the hill up in turn seven. So I was watching turn seven a lot. I was spending a lot of time watching uh, turn 11 at the end, um, watching the S's and the chicane, the bus stop, trying to figure out those lines. Because those were the ones that I had remember when I'd done a track day that was just really hard. You know, it was, it's like, man, this sucks. How am I going to figure this out? And just watching people mess it up left and right and left and right. It was a crash fest all weekend long. And uh, wow, you know, how do I not be that guy that crashes as soon as I come into this first round at Sonoma. So we got out there. Um, I was able to get into the advanced group and I was, I was warned, Hey, you know, it's going to be kind of crowded. You're probably not going to get a lot of fast laps. Um, and so I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to start the first session on the B bike, the brand new bike, uh, see how it runs. Um, just cause it's you know, a little bit learning the track, learn the bike. Why not go out and see how it goes? So I took out the, uh, the, the new, the, the parts bin bike and I rode it for about six laps and i'm like wow there it's just not quite right there's just still some things that are not quite good the motor seems really strong but it's not smooth it's not linear so i know that i need to uh sort out uh, some some lurchiness so uh, i'm gonna work on a power commander maybe get a dyno set up on it um did not like where the clip-ons were at did not like where the rear sets were at did not like how the brakes felt so got a little bit of work to do with the ergonomics there so i brought that in put it back in the pit um threw it up on the stand and said, all right, so uh, you're going to go to sleep, but I'm going to really focus on trying to learn this track. About the uh, third session, I was able to get out and get some time uh, where I w- feel like I knew the line, and uh, Josh, uh, Josh Hayes was able to come out on his R1M, and he followed me around for uh, about four or five laps, and then he passed me, and I tried to follow him. Holy cow. You want to talk about not knowing how to ride a track? I had no clue. After I started seeing his lines, I'm like, man, I am a complete idiot. I should just hang it up. Screw this. Never ride again. Well, not really the case. It wasn't really that bad. But I could totally see where I was just not using the racetrack at all. I didn't know the braking points. I wasn't using the lines. I just I just didn't know where to put the motorcycle. So he came in and uh, got a really good compliment. He's like, hey, it's obvious you know how to ride. You're, you're good. You're fast. You know how to ride. You just don't know where to put the bike on this track. You know, so we, we walked through the track, you know, turn one, here's where I want you to do. This is where I want you to line up. This is what the seam you need to look for. This is your braking point. You need to treat it like this. Uh, here's turn two. And so we walked through the whole track on a track map and kind of just talked about how it needed to look. Went out, uh, ran two sessions by myself, really tried to focus on, on working on what Josh was telling me and, and, and how it was going. Um, just after lunch, I was able to hook up with him again and we got out there and did a whole nother session and uh, he, he followed me for a while, uh, then jumped back in front, and I followed him. So I was able to see some different lines, kind of pick up on different braking points, different uh, angles, and how, and how to use the track better. And it, it was really cool um, to, to watch how much faster 
my lap times were getting just by watching and following him. So I was starting right around the uh, 2.02 time. Um, to put that in perspective, uh, the Super Sport guys on their 600s were running into like the 38s, 138, 139, and I was at 2.02. So after uh, two sessions with Josh, I dropped down to uh, 156, so I shaved six seconds right off, which is pretty cool. I mean, I got a long ways to go to get to that 110% for qualifying for uh, Moto America Super Sport, but, you know, that's a whole other story. But after watching and, and riding with him, finding some lines, finding, figuring out how the track flows was really, um, was really vital. Man, Sonoma is such a technical track. You're, you're never, ever, ever still, you're never on the center of the bike. You're always left side, right side, left side, right side. Your bike is never settled. And it was pretty cool to watch that um, and, and watch how, you know, how simple and smooth and flowy he made it look on his R1 and how hard I had to work to chase and follow. And so that was really kind of my uh, my goal was to just figure out how to make it smoother, make it better. And so I spent uh, another session uh, out talking to him, uh, riding, and I was able to drop down to 155 myself, which was pretty cool. Um, a couple other guys came out, a couple of the other Yamaha pros came out, and I was able to uh, tag along with them for uh, a couple of laps. Um, they were getting away from me pretty quick, but I was able to see their lines and work with them. I don't know exactly who it was. I know that Cameron Bobier was out there. Gary Gerloff was out there. There was, uh, uh, I think Melissa did, uh, Melissa Paris did a, a session. Um, so it was, it was really cool to follow the different lines of the faster people and, and see how they got around the track. And I was really, you know, really jazzed about it. So I'm really, really glad that uh, that Augie gave me the chance to do that. And I'm really glad to, to have, have ridden with Josh um, and, and hung out with uh, with Melissa and kind of their whole crew. Um, it, it, it's uh, I've known Josh for a really long time. Uh, I've known Melissa, not super well, but uh, through Josh for a long time. But this was the first time that I've ever gotten to ride street bikes with him. You know, I've ridden uh, mini motorart, I've ridden motocross, we've played golf, but I've never actually ridden sport bikes with a purpose, you know, with him. We've, we've done like bike nights and putt-putts around on the street, but this is the first time I've ever been on the track. And it was amazing the amount of knowledge and the, the amount of things that he can see on three laps around a track or four laps around a track in a, in a rider and how he can translate that knowledge to somebody. It was, it was really, really awesome to to have that experience to ride with him. And it just gave me a really solid foundation going into AFM round five at, at Sonoma. I, I know, you know, it's, I've been thinking about track lines. I've been thinking about race lines. I've been thinking about approaches and, um, it's kind of funny because, uh, road racing world just put out a, a, an article and there's an interview that Josh did, uh, over the weekend. And he's decided that he's going to step away from racing Melissa's 600 super sport bike. What he talked about was, you know, I haven't really thought about racing since the last time I walked away from the racetrack. You know, I'm, I'm worried about, you know, chasing around Hawk and training and coaching and, uh, and running our, our team business and, and getting everything squared away and, and living my life. He goes, I'm not thinking about racing in and out like I was when I was in my prime, when I was a factory superbike racer, when I was doing, the, you know, the stuff. My life has just changed. And that's really humble of him to say that. And it was really incredible to to know that and it was it was awesome that i was there to watch the the last weekend that he he raced as a uh, a pro racer i i don't think it's his last but uh that's just between me and and you guys i think he'll probably be back in some capacity whether it be endurance whether it be you know, something one-off rides here or there 
Josh has had an amazing career, and, and it was it's it's been awesome to know him as uh, as a racer as he's grown and become uh, really honestly famous. Um, and I, I was really glad that I got to spend the day you know writing and following him. Um, I hope that uh, the, in, it's in the budget to use uh, him as my rider coach next year because that's kind of what his next endeavor is. He just finished a uh, multi day camp. It's the J Force camp. Um, he had a bunch of the different pros out there, the, the up and coming guys, and that's really what he's trying to focus on. He's trying to focus on giving his knowledge and giving what he knows about racing and about bikes and about setup to the up and coming. Cause he, he, he knows that he can't focus to the level that he needs at the age he is with the family he's got, with the life he's got in order to race. And that's, that's huge. And I got to pick a piece of that, that knowledge off and keep it for myself. And so it was, uh, it was really, uh, fun and entertaining and probably one of the most fun days I've had on the track in a long time to, to go out there. So Josh, thanks for uh, spending the time with me. Thanks for the invite and uh, let me name drop you in order to try and get, uh, get me onto that uh, R world day. I promise that next year I'll sign up ahead of time. That's uh, not a day I want to miss riding Yamaha's out there with all Yamaha's. I also got to ride the, uh, the brand new uh, 2018 R6 uh, I didn't want to ride it, but I totally did want to ride it. And oh my gosh, that bike is so smooth. It's so, I was going within a second and a half of my race bike on that bone stock R6. I see why they're, I mean, trashing control electronics. I was having to readjust to uh, standard shifting, but it was a ton of fun. Uh, I had the opportunity to ride it again later in the afternoon. I decided to uh, give it up. I gave it up to Cisco from the Cali Track Days crew. Uh, he wanted to check it out. Instead, I rode the R3, which was also a hoot. Um, really having to push that motor hard to get that thing around the track was was a lot of fun. Just you know, having to rev it through the roof, making sure you're always in the right gear and, and pushing. So thank you for uh, the Blue Crew and uh, Yamaha for uh, having those demo bikes out there and putting on that R-World. It was, a, it was a great day. One of the best parts was that uh, Yamaha sponsored our photos from Got Blue Milk and Dino. Uh, he's got a fantastic series of photos that he took. Uh, one is that is now going to be my poster that I did for my sponsorships and uh, and kind of as a gift to the, the sponsor that just hooked me up at Hammer and Nails. So great photos there. Can't say enough uh, for uh, Dito and Got Blue Milk Photography. It was it was super great shots. My uh, background screenshot right now is actually me right behind Josh Hayes coming through the, uh, the chicane right there. Um, that'll probably be on my computer for a long time. He was showing me the right line. Uh, a couple laps earlier, you can see him right behind me and I'm showing him my terrible, terrible crappy line, but it, it was, it was an awesome experience. Um, back to, uh, the, the races at Sonoma and what Ducati did. So as we finished, uh, world Superbike at Laguna Seca, Ducati decided that, uh, kind of from, from the pressure from the DOC clubs that, uh, they needed to do something for Sonoma. We knew that it was going to be a kind of an uphill battle because there aren't any uh, factory Ducati bikes out there. Uh, Kyle Wyman's as close as they can get to factory. Um, but he also crashed and broke his wrist at Laguna Seca. So we didn't, or his scaphoid, I guess, a little tiny bone in, your, in, in his arm. So we didn't really know if he was going to be able to race, but we knew he was going to be there. Turns out he was. He was able to get out there. Uh, kind of sucked. Race one, his bike broke. He apparently had a cracked fuel line inside the tank, which was starving the, the bike for fuel. So he was kind of just limping it around. They were uh, tearing that down, able to get it figured out and sorted out. 
And then uh, don't know exactly what happened to his bike in uh, in race two. Kind of looked like the uh, clutch pack went out. Uh, that's that looked like what they were working on when he came back in. Uh, but he was able to get back out and get some data points. One of the things we did learn uh, from Kyle um, was that this is a it's kind of a it's a testing year. I mean, it's a brand new platform, brand new bike, brand new team, and they're they're just trying to figure it out. So it was cool to get uh, that much access to him. He did uh, different. Uh, talks with Jason, the, the CEO of Ducati North America. They put on a nice little tent. Uh, they had uh, their famous uh, Italian espresso bar. They had uh, they did tech talk about the, uh, the V4R motor, the V4S motor, uh, and, and they had the V4R out there to, to sit on. They also did, if you, you bought the Ducati uh, fan experience, you got to do a, a pit walk and go down and check out the garage. My son got some amazing photos on uh, Kyle Ammon's race bike. And then we were able to do a pit walk and garage walk with Kyle. Took some really cool pictures of his one-off radiator, which is amazing. It's a fantastic feat of of engineering, that radiator that's on that V4R. And then we uh, got to do – they they put on a nice barbecue and spread back at the hotel that all the corporate people were staying at, which was really, really nice. And it was – they just did a really good job. So the $60 ticket package was well worth that that extras, considering that the regular entrance was about 40 bucks. Now – I'm a little bit annoyed by the fact that the attendance was so low. This is a is a fantastic arena. You have super close access to the racers. You have so much time and so many events and so many different races. And it's an amazing facility with great food. But the, the attendance is really low. The weather was perfect. You couldn't have asked for better weather. I mean, it was 80 degrees, slightly breezy, perfect. But yet there was hardly anybody there. And, and I don't know why. A couple weekends before, NHRA was there to watch really loud cars go straight and fast in a straight line for three seconds. And that nearly sold out. But yet, we couldn't get guys out there for motorcycles. So I really feel like as, as a community, as a motorcycling community, we've got to get better about supporting our sports. It, uh, it it says a lot when everybody would rather be somewhere else other than than watching the motorcycles that uh, we, we suppose we love. And I know that Motor America is only its fifth year and, and it's, it, it's rebirth from the old AMA racing where it was the Matt Maladin show and nobody really cared and viewership was down and it was kind of running in, in into the dirt. And then there was the NASCAR fiasco or NASCAR bought it or whatever that NASCAR group was, which was terrible. But I feel like we're in a rebirth and the, and the sport is getting popular. There are, I see, especially in here in Northern California, so many sport bikes, so many things, so many riders that we really need to embrace this sport, especially if we want to keep these, these West coast tracks running, you know, Laguna Seca was a neat, neat experience to watch that epic track. Sonoma is an epic track to watch. It's technical. It's tight. It's different kind of racing. And our local guys do it really well. You know, Cameron Bobia came back and won after his crash on Saturday. He came back and won his race on Sunday. Uh, Andrew Lee dominated in the Superstock race. Um, that's, you know, it's his track there. Um, Bobby Fong, a Stockton kid, came out and and won uh, the Supersport and is leading the Supersport 600 Series in, in Moto America. So we our West Coast riders are doing great. Our AFM prospects are doing great as we get ready, as we finish up this West Coast Moto America swing. I feel like we're not doing them justice by getting out and supporting these races. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's, it's too expensive, it's too far, it's blah, blah, blah. It is such an amazing experience to get out there, ride your bike out, and spend a little bit of money to go out and watch these races. You get a true appreciation of how amazing this is. And Honestly, Sonoma is a great spectator track. No matter where you're at, you can always see some activity. Uh, I mentioned that we were camped at the top of turn seven. You can see almost everything except for the bottom of the carousel 
from our camp spot up there at the top of turn seven. I'll probably try and get up there again next year, uh, turn seven when we camp. Because I, I wouldn't miss this round next year. It was so much fun, and I really hope that we can get some more people out there to support it. Um, other than that, you know, I mentioned the R World thing. That was a really cool thing. I wanted to thank the uh, Z2 guys for putting on such a fantastic track day. Um, especially, you know, you know, Yamaha, they made it super affordable. You're you're really hard-pressed to get a, a decent or, or affordably priced track day at Sonoma. It's, a, it's an expensive track to rent, and it's an expensive track to run. And uh, Yamaha sponsored this day. They brought out the, the Yamaha Racing School bikes for us to demo, and you were able to get on for a Yamaha-only day for $149. They did the Tuesday day at $99, which was even better, and that was open to all brands. I couldn't get in on that one. Um, I ended up coming home after that, but... Those are great days. So in the future, if you want to do track days at an epic racetrack, look at those days immediately following the Sonoma round of Moto America. Well, again, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up at about 30 minutes. And uh, uh, one more shout out to Hammer Nails Men's Grooming out of Folsom. Uh, They have new stores that are opening now in San Jose, uh, East Bay. They've got a Roseville store that's just opening. The uh, home store here in Folsom, they've got one in San Diego, and then they're just opening one out in Ohio. So if you're in one of those areas and you want to have a truly manly experience of getting a solid, solid haircut, a great you know, straight razor shave or exfoliating face shave, or have a manly pedicure manicure. I just had a recently, I had their jackhammer service, which was manicure pedicure, which included um, paraffin wax and, and awesome nail soak and everything else and my wife's like wow your hands are super soft and your nails look really good you're so metro i was like no honestly i just i beat my hands up i might as well take care of them when i have the chance and it was amazing my feet felt great and then this uh the shave and the haircut i had today was the the most relaxing thing i've had short of a a really good massage in a long time so if you're uh a guy who likes to get their haircut you like a solid good haircut so please check out hammer nails uh, it's hammernailsgrooming.com. Uh, the Folsom store is is fantastic. Uh, Gabby, the receptionist there, does a great job at getting everybody booked in for their services. You can join their grooming club where it's a point-based system. For uh, about uh, $65 a month, you can get a couple of haircuts or a haircut and a manicure or a haircut and a pedicure. Or they have different uh, packages you can, you can upgrade to. Um, really, really can't say enough about the quality as well as uh, thank them for their support. But we're going to wrap up here. I plan to do another podcast next week as we get ready to preview AFM round number five and the things that I'm getting ready to do with the bikes, getting ready to go into it. Thank you for joining me on this episode, uh, number 10 of the Malbehave Racing Experience. Have a great day. Keep it rubber side down. And remember, throttle therapy is way better than bottle therapy all the time.